Welcome to Orchard's Sunday Morning Podcast. Today's message is brought to you by Melinda Hoyt, Orchard's Children's Ministries Director. Good morning. I have a few questions for you. The first one, who brought you here today? Like literally, how did you get here? Did you ride your bike? Did you walk? Did your spouse drive you? Did you come with a friend? How did you get here? (laughs) For me, I drove my minivan about two blocks, and I parked in the same spot that I always park in unless Susan or Greg get here before I do. (laughs) And then who really brought you here? Who are the people in your whole life who have brought you along your journey from wherever to being in this room today? Was it Sunday school teachers, a coworker, family? For me, that long, long, long road, which gets longer all the time, that led me here includes my parents, my extended family, some really great Sunday school teachers, some childhood friends, an awesome youth director, some very hard times, an important spaghetti dinner with a friend, truly, my partner Matt and our calling to ministry, three toddlers and an episode of Elmo, honest, and a nudge from my friend Esther Smith, who some of you might know. So how did you get to this room today? Today we're going to dig into God's word together and into the stories of some people who are like you and me and find out how they got to Jesus. So will you join me in prayer? Holy and gracious God, we offer our hearts and our minds to you this morning and pray that your Holy Spirit would meet us in your word today. Teach us and grow us and make us new. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So we're going to look at Mark chapter 2, verses 1 through 12. This is the story of the paralyzed man. A few days later, when Jesus again entered Capernaum, the people heard that he had come home. They gathered in such large numbers that there was no room left not even outside the door, and he preached the word to them. Since they could not get him to Jesus because of the crowd, they made an opening in the roof above Jesus by digging through it and then lowered the mat the man was lying on. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralyzed man, Son, your sins are forgiven. Now some teachers of the law were sitting there in the crowd, thinking to themselves, why does this fellow talk like that? He's blaspheming. Who can forgive sins but God? Immediately, Jesus knew in his spirit that this was what they were thinking in their hearts. And he said to them, why are you thinking these things? Which is easier to say to this paralyzed man, Your sins are forgiven, or get up and take your mat and walk. But I want you to know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. 
So he said to the man, I tell you, get up, take your mat, and go home. And he got up, and he took his mat, and he walked out in full view of all of them. This amazed everyone, and they praised God, saying, we have never seen anything like this. Amen. So at first glance, this story is a story about healing, about a miracle, about friends who care, about Jesus showing himself to have authority to do what only God can do. So the setting is in Capernaum, Jesus' home base. He was born in Bethlehem, moved as a young child to Nazareth where he grew up, and now he's in Capernaum, which is his home base, and from there he goes out preaching and healing, and he comes home. They're in a house, and we know they're in a house because like Mark, Matthew, and Luke also tell this same story, and they all fill in some details. And archaeologists have found that the typical homes in first century Capernaum were just one large room, no separate bedrooms or eating rooms, just one room, and they were mostly about the size that would fit 50 people kind of all together. So kind of this little crowd right here is about how big the house would have been. And the roof would have been accessible by the outside. So there'd be steps on the outside that would go up onto the roof. And the roof would not have been solid like ours, but would have some wood beams and then some layers of like branches and grasses and cross branches and mud and all kinds of stuff. Then we have the crowd inside the house. Verse 2 says, there were so many people in the house that there was no more room, not even outside the door. So the room was tightly packed, probably many more than the 50 that it was made for, and even more outside the door. So were there 75 people, 100 more? It was a crowd. A crowd full of disciples and followers of Jesus and religious leaders and those who were curious. Verse 2 says that Jesus was preaching the word. Then there were some men. It doesn't say how many in Mark's gospel, but they have a friend who is paralyzed with them, and it takes four of the men to carry him on his mat, probably with two poles, kind of like a stretcher. And then we have the paralyzed man, and we don't know anything more about his condition. Did he have an accident? Did he have an illness, a stroke maybe? What we can imagine about being paralyzed in first century Capernaum is that life must have been extremely difficult, even more difficult for him then than it would be today. He either had to beg or rely on others for his basic needs, and there were no accessibility, building codes, or anything like that, or employment accommodations, nothing that would, that would support him and help him. This man was in great need of a huge rescue. He needed a miracle. And a miracle would mean a total transformation of his life physically, financially, emotionally, socially, spiritually. 
But verse 4 says they could not get him to Jesus because of the crowd. The crowd. It says they gathered in large numbers to hear the word preached. A group of people who gather in large numbers <laughs> to hear the word preached. What kind of crowd could this be? Disciples, religious leaders, people who follow Jesus around, curious people. Who does this sound like? Does it sound like us? <laughs> Maybe a little bit. Sound like the church? Could we be described as a large group of people who follow Jesus and gather to hear his word preached? Yikes. Every time that I hear the word crowd in scripture, I sit up straight, I lean in because I think God is talking to me. I know I'm in that crowd. I know God is speaking to me. So again, the men could not bring their friend to Jesus because of the crowd. So they go the hard way. So someone in that group of men had to come up with that idea. We all know a guy like that, right? So someone had the idea, and the others were like, yeah, I could get on board with that. And they bought in, and they climbed the steep stairs on the outside of the house that were probably not to code, right? And while carrying this man on a mat. And then they precariously make their way across the beams, trying not to put too much weight in any one spot. And... They begin to dig through the mud and the grass and the cross branches. I can picture some of you doing this, by the way, like your faces are in my head. Well, the people inside must be noticing something, right? A little dirt falling. Does somebody not see this, right? So no one noticed. No one cared. No one was willing to get up, give them their seat, make room. No one was willing to yell up to the men and say, hey, come on down, go the easy way. We'll make room for you. Not even the disciples. So the men work tirelessly, and finally they get a big enough hole in the roof for the man on his mat to be lowered down, and they finally get their friend to Jesus. The result? Verse 5 says, when Jesus saw their faith. He forgave the paralyzed man's sin. He called him son, and he healed him so he could get up and walk. The paralyzed man got two things, and all they had come for was the healing of his body, which would have fixed all of his life on earth. But he received two things. He received something that he didn't even know that he needed, his salvation. Jesus knew what the man wanted, and he gave him that. But he also knew what the man ultimately needed in order to be rescued. What we all need, something only Jesus could give. And he gave him eternal life, too. Because he saw the faith of this guy's friends, think of all the situations you have in your life. This story is hope, people. Because Jesus saw the faith of this guy's friends, and this is amazing, that the faith of his friends could do all this. But we're going to come back to that piece 
in a minute because I'm still stuck on that crowd. <laughs> and I thought of a few other examples in scriptures, stories that kind of remind me of the crowd that Jesus is speaking about here. I thought of the first story is the bleeding woman. Remember her? And if you're new and this is not familiar to you, these are some, these two stories I'm going to tell are kind of iconic stories in the Bible and they'll become familiar to you over time. But the bleeding woman in Mark chapter 5, she's the one who had been bleeding for 12 years. The one who had been to every doctor, tried every remedy, spent every penny she had. Ever felt like that? And nothing had worked for 12 years, and she was feeling desperate. Do you know what kind of life a woman in that condition would have had in the first century in her culture? She would have been considered unclean. That's like the worst thing. Unclean for years on end, meaning she had to isolate. No family time, if she had a family. No living with people. So where did she live? No socializing, if she still had friends after that long. Imagine the kind of life changes that she was hoping for if Jesus could make her well. So she broke all those purity codes, and she broke through the crowd of people following Jesus that day. The gospel writer said that the crowd was squeezing in around Jesus, just like the house in Capernaum. And the Greek verb used there is the same for squeezing grapes or pressing grapes for making wine. That's pretty good squeezing, right? There were people tightly around Jesus, and she gave it everything she had to make it through that crowd and to crawl out to him and just touch his robe because she thought, if I can just even touch his robe, I'll be healed. And she would have gone unrecognized in that crowd because it, there were so many people, except for the fact that Jesus stopped and he said, I felt power go out from me. And Jesus looked at her in chapter 5, verse 33, and it says she told him her whole truth. Have you ever done that with Jesus? Her whole 12 years, sad, humiliating, painful, ugly, lonely story. Question, who brought her to Jesus? She didn't have a group of friends who would dig a hole in a roof to get her to Jesus. She gave it everything she had to crawl and make her way and touch his robe. And no one in that crowd helped her. And if they had, they would have been unclean. But then Jesus said to her in verse 34, daughter, your blank has healed you. Any guesses? Faith. Daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace or wholeness and be freed from your suffering. So what made it difficult for her to get to Jesus? The crowd. And even just the rules of the crowd. What healed her? Her faith. How did she get to Jesus? She brought herself. What made it difficult for the paralyzed man to get to Jesus? The crowd. What healed him? The faith of his friends. And how did the paralyzed man get to Jesus? His friends brought him. Second story. Remember the people who were bringing their children to Jesus so that he would bless them? 
Mark chapter 10. They just wanted to have Jesus place their hands on their children and pray for them. And do you remember what the crowd around him did? The disciples? The in crowd? They told those parents and grandparents to stay back so that Jesus could do his important adult ministry. But Jesus overheard that exchange and he said, let the little children come to me and do not hinder them. Hinder. The great problem of the crowd. The great problem of the church. The Greek word for hinder, koluate, means the same thing then as it does for us. Don't obstruct or get in someone's way. As a children's director, this scene is completely unbelievable to me. Do you know what it takes for parents or grandparents to lead a child to Jesus or even get them to church? At one point in our lives, Matt and I had three toddlers, and there were a good number of Sunday mornings when the time came to get all the kids, you know, buckled into their five-point harnesses and and get in the minivan for church, each kid with both shoes, right? And we would feel completely exhausted by the time we got to church. We'd feel like we ran a marathon, and sometimes there were even tears. It can be so hard to get a family to church. At one church where we pastored, there was a woman who arrived on the church patio one day carrying twin six-month babies in the baby carriers that click into the car seats. And I hadn't seen her since she'd had her babies. Imagine that. And so I ran up to her on the church patio, and I asked that question, How are you? And she burst into tears. And she told me that she'd been wanting to be at church that whole time, but it took so much to get both babies fed and bathed and changed and into their car seats while they're screaming that once she got them into the car and started driving, what happens? They fell asleep. So Sunday after Sunday, she just kept driving, right? (laughs) But on that day, she told herself, I am going to come. It can be so hard for parents to get here, even juggling the schedules of what our culture wants kids to do on a Sunday morning. So when you see a parent or a grandparent at church with a child, give them a thumbs up, two thumbs up, because they have been through a marathon. What an amazing accomplishment. And all they want to do is lead their child to Jesus. So I can't imagine those parents in the Bible, who walked maybe miles with little ones, hoping to meet Jesus, only to be hindered by the in crowd. But what did Jesus do? He let the kids come to him, he put his hands on them, and he blessed them. Why was it difficult for those kids to get to Jesus? The crowd. Who had the faith that Jesus would bless their kids? Who brought the kids to Jesus? So what do these stories have in common with our scripture lesson this morning on the paralyzed man? The friends of the paralyzed man had faith that Jesus could heal him, so they brought their friend. The bleeding woman had faith that if she could get herself to Jesus, even to just touch his clothes, that she'd be made well. So she brought herself to Jesus. 
The parents and grandparents had faith that Jesus would bless their kids, so they brought their kids to Jesus. Faith is what healed and blessed them, but the act of bringing is what demonstrated their faith. Faith is what healed and blessed them, but the act of bringing is what demonstrates the faith. It's the bringing. It's the bringing. What hindered the paralyzed man? What hindered the bleeding woman? What hindered the parents bringing their kids? The friends of the paralyzed man couldn't get their friend to Jesus because of the crowd. The bleeding woman had to break the rules of the crowd and crawl. The parents were pushed away because the in crowd was deciding who was worthy even to come closer. So how do we hinder people from meeting Jesus? We in the big sense, the church around the world. Do we turn people off with our churchy language? Or give off vibes that only some people should be part of the crowd? Do we get so tight with our church friends that it makes it difficult for other people to break in? Do we concentrate on rules more than people? These are important questions for the church moving forward in the world. Are we willing to do what it takes to make people feel welcome? The world is looking at Christians today more than ever. And young people are looking at today's crowd of followers and wondering if they want to be a part of that crowd. Are we more judgy than loving, they're wondering? Are we more lukewarm than on fire with our faith? These are the questions I encourage you to think about. And if you haven't read the book of Mark in a while, I encourage you to read it this week. It's really short and it's an easy read. But when you see that word crowd, I want you to sit up and listen because you're in there somewhere. So friends, the word for us today is do whatever it takes to bring people to Jesus Bring your friend, bring your kids, bring yourself, whatever it takes. Jesus will give you more than you ask for. Amen.